This is the Fi After 40 podcast, a show where I dive into the FIRE movement to see what financial independence is all about. I'll share the steps I've taken to start my journey toward becoming financially independent. And along the way, I'll bring in others who are on a path of their own. You'll hear stories and advice from people who have reached their version of Fi, and from those like me who are still finding their way. This is a show for anyone who wants to learn, grow, and connect with others. This is 5 After 40. Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Ben. You're listening to the 5 After 40 podcast, episode number four. So for today's topic, we're going to jump over to part two in a series. Um, I started talking about this in the previous episode. It's four steps to financial independence. Uh, And in this episode, I'm going to focus on jacking up your savings rate. Uh, I'll go through my strategies, my plan, um, and how I'm basically approaching uh, the second step in a four-step process. Um, In the previous one, I talked about um, really making sure that your debt was cleared out. And in future episodes, I'll touch on the other parts. Um, So let's move along to the episode. If you've been listening to this podcast uh, in the past, or even if this is your first time, um, if you enjoy the content that you're hearing, definitely uh, share it with a friend. Pass it along to somebody who might benefit from the information, um, and definitely leave a review for me. Um, I'd love to hear feedback. This is a new podcast, just getting it up and running. So any information you can give me to make this better, um, to meet your needs, definitely pass that along. Um, Also, if you have a blog or a podcast of your own uh, about financial independence or any kind of related topics, and you want to share your story, um, I'd love to have you as a guest on the show. definitely reach out to me. I'm looking as this starts to progress to add more people um, and get into more of an interview format um, once this is kind of up and running. So um, definitely reach out to me. You can get a hold of me through social media. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook. Um, that's going to be at Fi After 40. And uh, you can also email me if you've got any feedback or want to set up time to talk more about um, participating in this. So I'm after 40 at gmail.com. So speaking of social media, I wanted to take a minute to um, talk about a post I had this week online. And just kind of share some of the feedback I got from people, their responses to a question that I threw out there. It's been something that I've just, it's been in my head recently, um, and I've seen some people talk about it. So um, I just put out the, the, the question, how do you feel about using auto pay? Um, is this something that you definitely use? Uh, you like having um, the, the payments come out automatically each month, or are you somebody who prefers to have more control and likes to sit down and actually click that button and make your payment and see it come out of your account, kind of control it a little more closely. So uh, I put a poll up on Instagram and the results were 70% of people uh, support using auto pay as much as possible. 30% said they prefer to do it manually. So kind of an interesting split. I assumed more people would like it based on the community of people that tend to to respond to stuff I post on Instagram. Um, and I wanted to just share a couple of the um, specific comments that different users had posted in response to it. So uh, what the Phi blog put down, uh, 
that uh, they try to set it and forget it with all their bills, except for those that fluctuate in costs. Um, so that's an interesting take. Just if you know that it's going to be a set amount every month, it's a little easier probably to, to have that automatically come out. Uh, from Budget Lover with three R's at the end. Um, said, good question. If there's a discount, I use AutoPay, but otherwise I like to pay it myself. Um, so totally makes sense to me too. Um, if you get some places have like a, you know, it costs slightly less if you're doing an automatic withdrawal each month. So um, obviously makes sense to take advantage of that. Uh, the boss wallet said, definitely set it and forget it. I check in to make sure charges are correct, but auto pay all the way. And then from Money Life Mentor, definitely auto pay, 100%. I think if you have the flexibility in your budget to set it and forget it, then do it. So Thanks for those responses. I uh, thought it'd be interesting to share some some of uh, the feedback getting from the community around some of these financial independence topics, budgeting being one of those. Um, so for those users that responded that I read through, um, I'll share their Instagram handles in the show notes and I'll also tag them when I post this up on Instagram later on. So moving over to the primary topic for the week, I mentioned it at the outset, um, looking to focus on savings. So my personal background on this, um, I'm not a good saver. I'm pretty terrible, actually. I've, uh, For most of my adult life, I have not had um, an emergency fund or really much at all in my savings account. Um, I've been one of those people that's been more in that uh, area of living paycheck to paycheck. And I've also had a pretty significant debt load up until recently. So, so my my kind of history with savings has been challenging. Um, and I think there's there's probably some of you out there or people that you know that have fallen into that kind of spiral where um, you get in the habit of spending money that you don't have yet. So you're using credit cards. Um, you scrape by on minimum payments on those credit cards because it starts to really add up over time. Um, if you do have money left over at the end of the month uh, or throughout the month, then you're spending that on kind of treat yourself type things. So going out to eat, ordering takeout, out, um, you know, going on on trips, uh, maybe vacations, um, and that really doesn't leave you with anything left to pay that debt down or save. So, you know, you tend to have uh, maybe you have a savings account, but there's only enough in it to keep it open. You got like a minimum five dollars in there. So um, that was definitely my life for quite a long time. Um, so um, I talked about in the previous podcast in this series, how to really annihilate your debt, get that cleared out, why that's important. And so once you get past that part of the process, now it frees up a lot of, um, of op options for you to then um, you know, invest or save. And so I'm going to talk about um, how you can get your savings rate up and what I'm basically doing to try to focus on that um, over the coming years. So uh, like I said, up to this point, my savings rate has really been pretty much non-existent. Um, the savings rate, for those of you who aren't quite familiar with it, it's basically really simply um, the amount of money that you're able to save or invest on a regular basis divided by your total income. So like over the course of a year, you can figure out how much have you set aside in savings or invested in retirement, um, and then divide that by your total income. And that gives you your savings rate. So you might hear people talk about savings rates, um, like a common savings rates, like save 10% of your salary or 15% of your salary. So that's nice. It's, um, it, it's better than nothing. It's better than what I've been able to do. But um, you know, if you think about some hard numbers here, so let's say you're making $50,000 a year, 10 to 15% is like five to seven, seven and a half thousand dollars. So um, 
it's nice to, to have that definitely set aside. But when you look through what the goals are within that FI community, people are, are aiming much higher. Um, they're looking at savings rates of 50%, 60%, you know, 80% plus. So really aggressive savings rates. Um, and, and that's the idea, especially for people who want to retire early. If you're able to save more than half of your income every month, you're going to get to that um, retire early point much more quickly, obviously, because you're um, you're putting aside a lot of money. So, um, so those numbers might sound kind of scary for people who aren't used to that. Um, but I think if you start to realize that that's actually possible, and there's there are people that are doing that, it starts to reframe what your definition of normal is. And it's like, okay, well, maybe I I could figure this out. Um, clearly, you want to start, you know, where where you're able to. So you might you know, aim to get from that 10 to 15% up to 20, up to 25, so on. Start to work over the course of time to get up to that saving half or more of your income on a monthly basis to really get that savings rate um, to a place where you're going to make a pretty big impact in your own finances. So here's how I've started to outline my goals when it comes to savings rate over the next 10, 12 plus years. Um, so over the next three years, I'm really looking to get myself from having uh, a 0% savings rate up to 15%. So by the end of 2023, I'm looking at having up, up to around 15%. Um, around 2024, some of my personal expenses will be changing. I won't be paying alimony anymore, um, which is going to open up a big chunk of my budget. And that'll allow me to, to hopefully get over the that year and the coming years um, up to 30, 35, even 40% by 2028. Um, 2029, um, I'll have some additional changes with child support falling off. And so again, getting that up a little bit further to around 45%. And then hopefully by 2030 to 2033, um, getting it up by the end of that range up to about 50%. Um, so clearly, you know, I'm looking at this over a quite a long period of time. Um, this is not a quick change. Um, I'm basing those increases year to year on a few different things. Um, one is is looking at continuing to get an increase in salary each year. That's been something I've been able to depend on in the past. Obviously, that's no guarantee, but I'm trying to work under the assumptions of of my current situation and, um, you know, kind of ride that out moving forward. If that were to change, I'd have to change some of these goals as well. But um, but that's one factor. My expenses, obviously, um, some of those major ones that I mentioned, um, I know those will drop off at certain points in in the coming years. So um, leveraging those changes and basically saying, when I have more money in my monthly budget, when my cash flow goes up for whatever reason, push that immediately towards my retirement savings or you know emergency savings or whatever it is at that point that I'm trying to really, to really build up. Um, so um, I'm consistently putting money into my retirement withholding each year. I'll talk a little bit more about the specifics of that in, in a couple minutes here. Um, I'm also looking to one of the strategies I've started to implement that I'll talk some more about is decreasing my federal tax withholding um, and, and kind of having less as far as a refund at the end of the year and having more cash flow during the year. Um, once I get those um, last couple chunks of high interest debt paid off, which I'm pretty close to at this point, um, is really focusing on getting an emergency fund set aside. So um, 
you'll hear different types of ranges, uh, how long uh, you should have covered in emergency funds. Um, some people it's a month, some people it's three to six months, some people it's a whole year. So um, for me, I think ultimately if I can get that three to six month worth of expenses covered in an emergency fund, I'd be very comfortable. That would be light and day, you know, night and day ahead of where I've been in the past. So, um, so that's my current goal. Um, in addition to that, um, I talked about re retirement. I'll talk a little bit more about my 403B and how I'm hoping to max that out and then move on to some other tax advantaged accounts like an IRA. Um, and then uh, again, underlying all of this is continuing to have um, and maintain a low cost of living as I progress through this period of time. For taxes and retirement, I wanted to go into some more details about my strategy with those areas. So this year, I started putting money into a retirement account for the first time. Um, it's a little crazy to think about, but I've been very fortunate um, over my professional career to work mostly in higher ed. And I've, I've worked for a couple of different universities that have actually put money into accounts um, on my behalf without me needing to match or put anything in on my own. So um, I have had money building up over the years. Um, unfortunately, at one point, I when we um, sold a house and moved years ago, I cashed out one of those retirement savings accounts and used that to cover um, some of those costs. So I really started fresh um, about eight years ago. And it took, I think I, I needed to be there for a year before they would even put anything in. So it's really probably been about seven or so years worth of contributions that my company's made. Um, they've put in 9% of my salary annually. Um, so I'm very fortunate that that's been happening without me really taking any responsibility for it. Um, I'm very thankful that that's been something that I've had the advantage to have. Um, but this year, I'm finally saying, okay, you know what? Um, what what is being set aside for me and even if that increases over time and I were to continue to receive that that's not enough for me to live on in retirement so I need to start taking some responsibility of this on my own um, my procrastination has really held me back from that um, but it kicked in this year um, I've turned a corner so I started off um, really really low amount I just started putting in a hundred dollars a paycheck so I was like I just need to do something I need to get some money set up so I can figure this account out I didn't know how it worked with like a general account, but you can also transfer it over and, you know, you can pick out your own funds. I just didn't know any of that stuff. And so I kind of started very basically. Um, and I'm glad I did because it's really got my mind working and thinking more about this. And I've already um, inched that up to now $300 a paycheck, which is every two weeks. So um, so I am slowly starting to put money in there and I've got a pretty aggressive goal over the next few years to get that to a point where I'm, I'm hopefully getting up to the max that I can put away. Um, it was interesting right after I, I started that $100 per paycheck, um, I heard a podcast that I was listening to while driving back from work. Um, it was on the Choose FI podcast, and they were talking to the millionaire educator about tax optimization. And I think it's episode 13 um, about the advantages of teachers who have access to this 403B plan. Um, and how um, it's really nice that, that you can have money going into that account, but you could also be setting up money in potentially other accounts. And I, and I hadn't really pieced that together. I didn't quite understand that. So I got back to my place and started doing a little bit more, more research with that and understood a little bit more about um, the whole concept of as you reduce your taxable income by taking advantage of these 
tax advantaged accounts, these pre-tax accounts, um, it reduces your taxable income and you don't have to pay as much in your federal taxes. Um, and it was just something that, like, I think I had heard that before, but it didn't really sink in. I hadn't crunched the numbers. I hadn't done anything about it. So I, I used um, what was recommended at the time. There's a W-4 calculator that you can use on the IRS website. And I went in and started plugging in some numbers and figured out, you know what? If I started, let's say I wanted to put in $10,000 in a year, um, what would that do to my um, my tax burden that I would have at the end? And then I could figure out, well, I'm overpaying if that's what it's going to be. And so I could actually also reduce the amount of money that I have withheld. So it kind of cancels out some of that. And and it was just a concept that I, I had never really thought of. I was always thinking, well, if I set more money aside for retirement, then that's less money I have each month to pay all my bills. Well, it's not like a one-to-one dollar um, you know, ratio. So you actually you can set aside money, but not that same amount is not going to be pulled out of your paycheck necessarily because you could theoretically be paying less in income tax. So, um, you know, I'm obviously not an accountant. I'm not a tax advisor. I'm not recommending anybody do anything in particular. I'm not giving you advice. But what I am saying is do some research, play around with some of these calculators, um, look into the advantages of, of setting aside money and how that can impact your taxes. Um, I think the bottom line here is I don't want a tax refund. That's always been something that I've kind of enjoyed receiving. It's like, oh, I just got $3,000. This is great. I can use it to you know, buy a new bed or maybe something good like paying off a credit card. Um, but you know, that's obviously your money. You're just getting it back. And I've kind of gotten to that point where I realize... I would be better off having that money uh, throughout the year to continue paying off my debt and eventually saving and investing it. So I want that money now. I don't want to get a refund um, every you know, January. Um, so um, my goal is to significantly reduce what I'm um, setting aside for um, taxable federal income tax and hopefully getting to a point where I get a very low re- refund next year. And I've instead used that money now um, to put into my um, my retirement account, my 403b, and uh, continuing to work towards that over the next few years to get up to that that maximum amount that I can hopefully reach. Focusing on improving my savings rate has really been an eye opener for me. Um, it's changed quite a bit. Right now, I really have started to enjoy learning about investing, um, looking into index funds, understanding how that whole concept works. Um, I'm excited to look at my net worth on a regular basis. That's not something I ever even paid attention to in the past, and now it's something that I like to keep track of. Um, I find joy in optimizing my finances. It's something that I, it's you know I'm, I'm getting something out of it. I can see the progress. I actually enjoy doing it. Um, it's a big change for me. Um, and the other part of this is that I'm really connecting with like-minded people in the FI community, and that's made this experience. Um, that was something I wasn't expecting. It's made the experience much more enjoyable when I'm not just doing this um, only for myself, but I'm doing something and I'm, I'm sharing it with others. I feel like I'm helping other people to talk about it. Um, and it's really feeling like I'm part of a pretty amazing community.
So that's really a summary of how I'm tackling increasing my savings rate, um, kind of my mindset, some specific steps I'm taking, and what my goals are over the coming years. Um, so hopefully that was helpful. Hopefully you got something out of that. Again, if it's something you think somebody else would benefit from, um, definitely share the episode with someone. I'd love to have um, people kind of hear this and get back to me and let me know what they think. So um, the next podcast episode will be coming out. Um, it's going to be part three of this series. It's going to talk about attacking your expenses. Um, So look forward to that coming out hopefully soon. Uh, In the meantime, if you want to reach out to me on social media, as I mentioned before, it's at FiAfter40. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, um, and that's F-I-A-F-T-E-R-4-0. You can also read more from this blog series or other parts of my my blogs that I've written. Um, You can find that FiAfter40.com is the website. Um, And that's it for now. Hope you Hopefully you enjoyed it, and I really appreciate you listening to the Fi After 40 podcast. To read more about my story, be sure to follow me at Fi After 40 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can also subscribe to receive updates whenever new content goes up at FiAfter40.com. Also, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave a rating and review. It makes a big difference. Thanks for listening.